All right, still taking all of your voice notes, 060-584-2250. Last night, a couple of, I mean, you're such an experienced writer as the chief football writer for Time Sport that immediately that his article came through, um, clicked on it, and already the first couple of lines read something like this. This means everything for Liverpool. This was victory for Chelsea, but for Liverpool, this truly means more. This means the end of a 30-year wait of decades of frustration at being apart from a trophy that once seemed part of the furniture at Anfield. Now, this means that those raised on stories of Liverpool feats of old now have their own moments to cherish, their own precious memories to tell future generations. This means that those brought up to revere the deeds of Kenny Dalglish, Alan Hansen, John Barnes have their own heroes in Jordan Henderson, Virgil van Dijk, Mohamed Salah and regarding with a smile their club titles history. Unbelievable. And I mean it, it, it continues the, the story, the read and Henry Winter joins me on the line from the UK. Henry, thank you so much for your time right here on Marawa Sports Worldwide. What a night, what a, a day. I don't even know what people slept, those that didn't sleep. It, it was one of those, but 30 years it's been. I, to be honest, I don't think they've been sleeping for 30 years. I think they've just been waiting for this moment. You saw the scenes outside and you know, we're, we're in a strange situation in this country and so many people around the world are in that uh, you know, people aren't supposed to gather. They're supposed to observe social distancing two metres away. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, the, the Liverpool fans were always going to congregate outside Anfield and, and light their flares, set off their fireworks and, and sing and dance. And remember the people who you know, have passed away in those 30 years who haven't missed to see this moment? The people who passed away during the, you know, the, the, the pandemic, um, and just to sort of stand there and just say, you know, fair play to Jurgen Klopp. He came in five years ago and said that this moment would come, and he's he's delivered. Um, so yeah, absolutely a, a special moment, and uh, I imagine the party is is still going on. And apparently they're going to open up the pubs in about a week here, and I imagine the queues are starting already. That is unbelievable. And, and I guess government, nobody could have been able to come through and try and hold them back, though, Henry, because like you say, these historical moments, it's really difficult to police. It's difficult to hold people back. How do you without even starting a bigger riot? Well, I think the club, Liverpool, worked very hard with their, you know, their supporters, um, certainly for the first two games, that they actually showed respect that they didn't turn up at outside matches. But that I was at Stamford Bridge last night and there were, what, 20, 30 Liverpool fans outside Stamford Bridge. I mean, you know, they've got a worldwide following. I mean, in, in your great country, there are many, many Liverpool fans wherever you go in the world. I mean, I went to a game in, uh, well, I went to Sydney and the Liverpool played there and there were 90,000 in the stadium. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're a religion, they're a creed, they're more than a sporting institution, they're a way of life for so many people. And, you know, this is not just choosing a supermarket or, you know, or a shop in life. This is about the sporting institution, the footballing institution, that, that is the church for you, that you, you have to go to and you have to worship that. And even if you can't go inside, you have to gather. 
uh, you know, in moments of triumph and moments of sadness, tragedy, and people are inexplicably, you know, just inevitably drawn to, uh, to to Anfield. So, look, I, I clearly have concerns about what it means. You know, will there be a spike in in, in sort of coronavirus statistics in, in in a week or so? You know, let's let's pray not. But remember, this is also a day when half a million people went to one beach down in Bournemouth. So, uh, you know, you can't just sort of blame uh, football fans. And look, they've been waiting 30 years. I think there has to be some understanding. Oh, without a doubt, but not just any any kind of victory again. When you look, Henry, at the significance of how it was won, when you look at the remaining seven games uh, that are still remaining, when you look at the fact that there's a 23-point gap between themselves as well as Manchester City, what's the context with all of this and in terms of what Jurgen Klopp has done here? Well, I think if it was cricket, they would have declared in, in early March. Uh, I just think that what Klopp has done, it's, look, it's not what happened, what Chelsea did in beating Manchester City last night. It's not what's happened this season. It's simply the way he's built them. There's been a sort of inevitability of gradualness, as, as historians always say, the way that they've built shrewdly recruiting. Um, Loris Karras wasn't good enough. We saw that in the first Champions League final. So Allison came in a fantastic upgrade, and he's just shored up the defence. Virgil van Dijk stepped into the, the, the defence as well and has sort of spread confidence and belief in organisation those around. So I think it's just been a masterful lesson in how you build a side with clever recruitment, with promoting from within Trent Alexander-Arnold. You know, we saw that free kick the other night. Oof. And that's one of the great yeah. things about Liverpool. You know, They have individuals there who take responsibility. They're individual leaders. and, and you know, That's what you need in a, in a team. They get on so well together, but you know, you look at James Milner. I mean, James Milner really should be. Well, such a brilliant, beautiful connection up until a short while ago. Uh, but we'll try raise uh, Henry Winter again uh, just to summarise uh, what he was saying. I think he was just getting to a pivotal point because. When you look at the kind of talent that has uh, come through from Liverpool, the kind of purchases that they've had, the quality that they've had uh, dipping into the youngsters, you know, the fact again, I mean, what, four, four Africans being part of that team. I mean, how truly majestic is that? How wonderful is that? You know, have we ever seen that happen before? You know, so as Africa, the continent... You know, we should be very, very happy, regardless of which team you support. You know, but given the fact that you had the, you know, the presence on a regular basis of four top-class African players being part of this history, you know, speaks volumes of that. And I do believe that Henry Winter is back. Um, Henry, you were taking us, and, and, and sorry about that, not, a, not sure what happened, uh, but just the chronology of what you're saying in terms of the upgrades of the players that they have in their personnel, the bringing in of the Virgil van Dijk's upping the stakes, really. Yeah, no apologies for losing the signal. I think there's so many Liverpool fans sending texts around the world and calling around <laughs> the world that our system's crashed. Absolutely, it's, it's just a sort of gradual, very intelligent, shrewd building uh, use of recruitment. Uh, Norris Karras wasn't good enough, so Allison comes in goal. Virgil van Dijk steps into defence and, and spreads organisation. Um, the midfield platform of 
of Fabinho and Jordan Henderson and Jeannie Wijnaldum. It's such a sort of intelligent, hard-working central three, which has built a platform for those three magnificent players up front, Sadio Mane, Mo Salah, and Roberto Fabinho as the sort, almost a sort of false number nine. So it's, it's just been an exercise in masterful team building, recruitment, man management, emotional engagement with the fans, with, with Jurgen Klopp, the sort of smiling catalyst at the centre of it. I know that in the press conference he was asked what's next, and I don't think he even knows what's next as far as Liverpool is concerned, but I think it's about the victory. It's, it's trying to put himself at a level where he knows that a big club like Liverpool, not achieving success in such a long time, is not right. <laughs> and I think he's probably made this his personal journey to try and turn that around. I mean, does it have it with in him and within the playing personnel that he has and hopefully not lose anytime soon because that also plays a part, Henry, in, in terms of what the transfer market dictates and who gets to go to Spain or other clubs around the world. What do you think lies ahead now within the immediate future for a club? Well, why leave Liverpool now? Why leave the European champions? I know they're out of this this season, but you know they're, they're they're a formidable team. They're the champions of England. There's a huge camaraderie in the dressing room, which they really wouldn't get elsewhere. They might get a few more quid, a few more dollars elsewhere, but really, it's you know now is not the time to be leaving. They've got the most charismatic manager in world football. Um, so why why leave? What Liverpool have to do now is what they did in you know their best years in the 70s. So Kevin Keegan went in 77 and Kenny Dalglish stepped in. I still think they missed a trick by not getting Timo Werner in. I think he would have just brought even more of a buzz around the place and even more sort of competition. He can play in a range of range of roles. So I, I was surprised slightly by that, but you know it's it's pandemic. Um, cost cutting in a way, it would probably cost them sort of ninety million pounds sterling to, to to bring him in in terms of buying him, and then uh, his his contract over four or five years. And uh, and the American owners said, well, we can't really justify that at the moment. Look, they'll promote from the youth team. They've got some terrific young players there. Um, but the whole point of Klopp is that even though he's this smiling, engaging character, there's a slight restlessness to him. Maybe because he didn't completely make it as a player. Maybe because uh, Borussia Dortmund, he lost all six finals and there's that desire to prove himself again and again. But all the great managers, they don't just do it once and sit on their laurels and sort of you know head off to the beach with a big cigar. They want to do it again and again to sort of make sure the history books is not just about one page, but it's about a chapter. Cool. But also just the kind of records, again, Henry, that they were able to break in the season. You know, that record equaling run of 18 consecutive wins from October uh, through to February uh, at the end of the month. And, and winning every league game as well at home this season. Making a record of about, what, 23 on the bounce. Setting a club record of 44 matches without defeat. Stretching back to last season. I mean, these are numbers that are unmatched for them as far as Liverpool, the club, is concerned. They are, but if you talk to the Liverpool players, I don't think they're so much driven by records like that. What they want is the trophy. That is the number that they want. You know, the, the record they want is actually to match Manchester United's 20 English titles. Liverpool now have 19. I mean, how ironic this season is, 1920. <laughs> so that is, you know, that's a thing. I mean, Liverpool um, 
fans have been going around with sort of Champions 1920 shirts on, and Manchester United fans have been pointing out, well, actually, that's the difference between between us. So, look, Liverpool will want to go again. I mean, that is the greatness of, of Klopp, is this huge hunger, this desire. It's embodied in Jordan Henderson. It's embodied in all his players. They won't be resting on their laurels. They'll be back early at, at Melwood or, or at Kirby next season, the new training ground and pushing it again and again, because that's in their nature. And they know that they'll be pushed, because Pep Guardiola won't take this lying down. Manchester United, you know, you heard from Solskjaer earlier, the fact that he said it hurt, he'll be back again. Um, you know, Chelsea, under Frank Lampard, we saw last night against Manchester City, the potential they've got, Timo Werner's coming in there. You know, they've got good players. So it's going to be a real dogfight next season. But they got the backing, and I saw as well um, John W. Henry having paid tribute as well to the team about the magnificent achievement, as he called it then, saying that it was an incredible year of magnificent achievement culminating uh, tonight in capturing the Premier League title in addition to the European Championship, the Super Cup, as well as a World Championship. And the totality of this accomplishment uh, has brought respite and joy to so many in a year filled with so much tragedy. Do you believe that they've been able to get the balance right, though, uh, Henry, when you look at what's been happening in the boardroom and also what's happening on the field and leaving the coach, the manager to do what he has to do and then leave the, you know, the boardroom people to balance the books and just have a, a bigger, more ambitious plan? I do think they need to be a little bit... How, how can you argue with someone who's European champion, world champion, and English champion? But I do think that they, they might be missing a trick if they don't invest in this transfer with it. Look, they're intelligent people there. They'll know that they need to recruit. They also know that if they say, oh, we're going to go and buy X, Y, and Z, then the price will go up. So they'll probably do their, their purchases in, the, in a stealthier way. And I hope they do bring someone in just to sort of give a bit more of a, if it's possible, to give more of a buzz about the place because it definitely has a, an effect on players, a new player coming, coming in, just a slight change of narrative. It, it, it invariably works. So, look, they're very intelligent, the, uh, you know, Fenway, um, John W. Henry, you know, people like that. They also have employed incredibly talented experts uh, at Anfield to go about their work for them. I mean, if you go behind the scenes there, you know, the sports scientists wouldn't look out of place at NASA. They've got dietitians. They've even got a coach whose job it is just to make sure their throw-ins are right. You know, there's a real marginal gains, attention to detail, a huge, almost, you know, if you want to strain the cliche, some almost a sort of Germanic meticulousness to, to the way Klopp operates, which is slightly masked by the fact that people see this great sort of emotional character sort of standing in front of the, the cop when it's full, punching the air. Um, but there's a, you know, he's fire and ice. There's a, there's a cold, calculating, intelligent um, side to him. So, listen, they're a very intelligent club, and I'm sure they'll, they'll have their plans in place. But they will have had their plans for next season, probably prepared last season. So this is a club that builds and builds. Football of the season would go to who? Oh, great question. In a normal year, probably go to Kevin De Bruyne, who's just been absolutely sensational for Manchester City. But, it, I mean, the, the players have their player of the year, and the journalists like me, we have our footballer of the year. I imagine the journalists will go for Jordan Henderson because, you know, we've charted his 
journey from sort of unsung player at, at Sunderland, stepping into the Liverpool team. Huge doubts about whether he could make it there. He was almost loaned off to, to, to Fulham. He was written off. And then just to see him lifting all these trophies, one of the nicest guys for me, as well as an underrated player. I think there'll be a groundswell of support for Jordan Henderson, almost as the symbol of, of Liverpool's success. I think if you're actually going for the player who's been consistent, most consistent throughout the season, you probably go for Sadio Mane. I think he's been, he's been sensational. Every time he's played, he's made something happen. He's terrorised the fullback. He's, you know, he's got an amazing leap on him for the headed goals. His movement is, is relentless and intelligent. I, I would have thought it'd be interesting to see who the players go for. I mean, Virgil van Dijk and Allison will have their, uh, their admirers. admirers. I imagine Trent Alexander-Arnold will swoop the sort of young player of the year. Um, I don't know. At the moment, I'm torn between Henderson and, and Sadio Mane. Mm. No, absolutely. I think uh, similar wave there, Henry, as far as thinking is concerned, because all the names you've mentioned will be in the reckoning without a doubt. Uh, Chief football writer, four-time sports, Henry Winter, as always, thank you so much for the perspective. We look forward to chatting to you as we wrap up the season uh, come final match day. My pleasure. Stay safe. Thank you so much there. That's the Chief Football Writer uh, for Time Sports, Henry Winter, uh, joining us right here on Marawa Sports Worldwide.